All right, what's up, Buck fans? Welcome back to the show. Real Buck Sock here, joined together with Gene Thomas from Buck What You Heard. Michael Pless, as always. Glad to see you all back. It's yeah. Monday. I know there's a lot of things going on. We got some lightning hockey, Rays playing, but it's live stream Monday, and we're here. We want to talk some football. So first things first, Gene, glad to have you on again. And now it's finally with Michael Plus here. So what's been going on? Tell me a little bit about yourself and what's going on on this Monday. Man, this is exciting to be on. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, you guys are a friend of the show. You guys have always been welcome to come on. Plus, uh, me and Plus, we we know each other from way back. And, uh, you know, when, when Real Bucks Talk first started and you guys were writing articles and, you know, putting out information that, you know, was, was spot on. So um, glad to be on here. Uh, I'm still doing my show. My show will be on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on, uh, you know, as we're getting closer to the regular season. Um, with so long a period of time with the off season, I really didn't have a set schedule, but you know, we're, we're actually going to have football. So, uh, I will be getting back to that schedule and, and that's kind of where, where I'll be at. Uh, plus, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be back on, uh, this Monday and, you know, we're two weeks away from the first game. So very excited, uh, as we gear up for that first opponent in the New Orleans Saints. So. You got big weekend coming up this week with, you know, roster cuts and, you know, making those final uh, 53 uh, man rosters across the league. So very exciting. And uh, yeah, it's always great talking Buccaneers football. Absolutely. So, I mean, let's just jump into some of the more bigger news, I guess everyone wants to talk about. And let's just jump into it. Bucks news. I mean, you look, Bucks anything, any high free agent is going to be one of the top destinations is Tampa Bay. And you look at it and who is it? Leonard Fournette. He's cut today, and he already, we already land up as one of the top two landing spots for Leonard Fournette. I know Plus and I have our opinions of him. I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he's very valuable in some instances, but right now we don't need a headache like that to me. I mean, we already have drafted a third-round running back this draft. We have LaShawn McCoy bringing, bringing that veteran leadership we have rojo about to take the next step i think it's just a crowded room but gene what is your opinion and then plus you can take it after yeah i'm sorry i just i just don't see it uh i think ronald jones is your your number one running back i think uh with shady mccoy and and kershawn vaughn and my hope oh, kershawn vaughn uh yeah coming in uh you know i i think you're you're set in the, in that backfield and you've got some players that are going to be fighting for those those other positions uh, one thing to keep in mind is there's a lot of people that need to get re-signed. There's a lot of contracts out there that are still being worked on or, or worked towards. I just don't see um, financially or uh, roster-wise how you could actually bring him in and, and actually make it work. Uh, that's just my opinion. I, I like his game. I question his durability at times. But at the same time, I, I like what he can bring to the team when he is healthy. Yeah, I, I I second that. You know, I think he is. I think he's a good player, but again, I just think the timing is not right for uh, this Buccaneers football team. I, I just don't think he would be a good fit. Um, plus, with you know some of the attitude that he's shown in the past, I know he's had some frustrations with you know coaches and et cetera. You know, on Jacksonville, and you know, obviously they haven't had the quarterback um, you know to help him out. But at the same time, I just, I think you know injuries have been. I've been an issue with him, you know, throughout the weeks, um, you know, it's an injury here or injury there. 
and he's not always you know playing at a hundred percent which um you know kind of takes his toll on him and also takes a toll on the team so i just don't feel like it would be a smart move for the bucks right now uh i like the guys they have in that room i think lashawn mccoy is that good veteran that they needed um if he wasn't here then i would say maybe it's a possibility that you look into that but i think rojo is ready to take more load and, and, and take the, the bulk of the carries and be that guy. Um, and I think he's earned that opportunity to see what he can do, especially in the second round status um, that he carries. Yeah, what's funny is also you mentioned earlier that he's probably going to keep that Jaguars salary cap, correct? So pretty much he can sign for anywhere minimum, league minimum, and still get upwards of $5 million for that year. So it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like maybe it is a possibility, but I mean I I agree with both of y'all. I think I made my point too. Uh, looking in the chat, Rick H said McCoy, Jones, Vaughn, and Dari will be fine. I agree with them. And then Jordan Durr said, "Where is this Rojo? Is a clone of Fournette chatter coming from? He runs like Chris Johnson. Fournette runs like Eddie George. I don't want him. Just curious where the idea came from. Who wants? I have no idea. <laughs> that's a that's a new one for me right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I like his game, but I just right now, as you mentioned, you know, you've got all these other running backs. You've got cohesion. You've got chemistry, uh, you know, new quarterback that's come in and everybody's kind of working together. I, I think it would be kind of disruptive to bring somebody else in at this point to uh, to actually work with him. Plus, yeah, same here. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think you got good things going right now with the offense. And again, you're only two weeks away from you know, the first game, I don't think you want to mess up the chemistry like Gene said. So, you know, I would just keep it status quo quo right now and, and continue to roll on. I mean, there's some credit to Rojo somewhere like Fournette because Rojo looks big. I don't know if you've seen him compared to the rest of the running backs. Rojo's legs are massive. I, I saw a picture like during the Casey Phillips and Mike Smith, or I always do that, Scott Smith uh, report and – Rojo is just way, way bigger. The dude has thighs and calves that dwarf everyone else. And Raymond Calais looks like a little wimp, wimp, a shrimp compared to him. But, I mean, he, I think he's going to run a lot more aggressive. It's not just a make-you-miss type of guy. Chris Johnson was more straight-line speed. I just see Rojo can do a little bit of everything. It's more, can his feet stick with him? Because <laughs> sometimes he trips over his own feet. You know, this is this is the big thing for me, is that Ronald Jones has worked very hard. I mean, you look at what he did his rookie season, uh, and then he had that do-over. He had a chance to have a do-over. He actually came in. He worked hard in the offseason. You saw the video of him working out. You could tell a difference when he was ready to play that, you know, the next season. And now what you're seeing, what he's doing now, he's just continuously getting better. The one thing you haven't heard about Ronald Jones is him not being able to pick up blocks. And uh, that's a good thing to me that uh, he's been working on that as well, I guess, because he's he's doing a lot better based on the reports that I've heard. Yeah, and then real quick, Jordan Durr said, he looks big, but do you want him on the goal line, Mark? I was going to quickly say, yeah, I actually kind of yeah, do. Absolutely. Because he's, he's a violent yeah, runner. He's vi- and in our film study, a lot of his touchdowns were right at the goal line. I believe the Rams, mm-hmm. the Falcons, um, there was one other one, but literally it's him banging off of people, and then once he's leaning forward, he spins off of them and falls into the end zone. And Seattle, I think, is the other one. So, I mean, he does do it a lot, and I, I am comfortable with him doing that. Uh, plus, what's your take? And the Lightning scored, so good. one nothing Lightning. 
Uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, no, Cheers. I mean, Rojo is is very good uh, in, in the red zone. I think, you know, people often confuse, you know, when they look at goal line running backs, they think they have to be big bruisers, you know, the Mike Allstott types. But no, not necessarily. It has to be, it has to be, um, you know, quick and elusive, you know, down there because it's so um, fast and, and there's a lot, there's not a lot of time to think. So you have to be able to hit the holes very quickly. Um, and, and usually make one guy miss uh, to get in. So that's what Rojo does very well. So I have no problem him, you know, taking those carries uh, down there inside the five. Yeah. And what did he have, like 30, 36% of the snaps last year? Is that correct? Or somewhere around there? Yeah, it wasn't a very high number. I mean, when you look at him and it, his carries versus Peyton Barber, I mean, they were like neck and neck. Um, it was pretty much like – 50 50 almost so now you're going to see a double increase and in, in load hopefully for rojo that should be better numbers uh going forward well, with, with so Sean, did you guys did you guys get a chance to look at how uh rojo did uh you know those there were some games where there were penalties and big plays were called back and mm. and i'm telling you there had to have been at least 200 plus yards left on the field in penalties on big plays that rojo did not get to capitalize on and it was not at a fault of his Absolutely. I mean, there were some DeMar yeah. Dotson, there were some on OJ, but some barely looked like a hold, but I mean, it's either way it was called, sadly. I mean, hopefully we clean that up. That's a big thing winning teams don't do. So that's just part of the game. I mean, and it, it doesn't go towards a negative to Rojo. It goes more to the team itself. So winning teams don't mess up like that. If there's a big run like that, it's a good run. So, it, I mean, if you want to get to the Super Bowl, that's what it's going to have to be, plain and simple. But let's keep moving forward. Another big news is uh, the drama yet again of the Buccaneers just can't find a damn kicker. The Bucks expand kicker competition with veteran visits. So you had Ryan Suckup for a visit. You had Cody Parkey, a la the Chicago Bears. Um, just again, Elliot Fry is already here. Matt Gay is here. What do you all think about the kicking competition? What do you think about them bringing people in? Like, what the hell's going on with this field goal kicking position? Um, I'm, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Plus. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the kicker competition, I mean, you're, you're hoping they don't have to sign any of those guys. And hopefully, you know, Matt Gay can, can just take it uh, or Elliot Fry if it has to be him. Uh, but, I mean, obviously they're bringing guys in because obviously they're not pleased with the consistency so far. Um, you know, Ryan Suckup, is, he's been a pretty solid kicker for most of his career. Um, if he's healthy, I think that would be an upgrade um, over the two you have right now. So, I mean, it, it, it just depends. I mean, they're going to let it play out. Um, hopefully they pick the right guy. I mean, that's all That's all that matters. I mean, they got to win this year, and they can't have, they can't have uh, games where they lose because of the kicker. Uh, it's just been happening too often. They, their special teams in general needs to be better on, in all phases. So, um, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that's solidified. Yeah. You have any issues or concerns with the kicking game, Gene? Um, you know, I, I go back and forth with it. Uh, I, I look at the games that, that Matt Gay, uh, the games that the Bucks lost, and then I look at how the team played throughout the game, and, you know, it never should have been put in his hands or his feet to, to actually win the game. There were games where there were – uh, interceptions that shouldn't have occurred and you know you're playing on the short end of the field I realize and I realize I'm not making excuses that 
the kicker has one job go out there and kick the ball but at the same time if you can keep the if you can keep that out of his hands and and have your offense scoring like they're supposed to that's a big deal but uh as bruce arian said they can't be missing extra points that's crazy i mean that's part of your job you have to make those i think he said in the in his press conference like the easy makeable ones you just want to be consistent on those within 30 yards just make it i mean that's i don't want to say it's a curse or anything with the matt bryant curse like a lot of people want to say it's just i mean i think a lot of teams have issues with with kickers i mean look at chicago bears like i just mentioned with cody parkey i mean people were missing kicks or the vikings when they lost a game so we just need to hope one of these guys can win. I mean, you're bringing in a whole bunch of competition. Hopefully Matt Gay can take it. And it's not just the big kick, the big leg. You want to make it consistently, but it's not beat a dead horse. Uh, let's go on to, I put out a pre-question questions on our Facebook group. So let's go over there and just check out what people had to say. So it says, Nick Anderson, everyone seems to predict the Bucks will stumble out of the gate and take four or five weeks to hit our stride. I don't necessarily disagree with this. My question to you guys is, do you think there's a chance we hit the ground running and bitch slap the Saints? What if, just what if we shock the world and hit our stride right away? What do y'all think? That's a winnable game. I, I don't care what anybody says. That is a winnable, winnable game. I think if you cut down on turnovers, the defense goes out and plays like they're supposed to and they play discipline. Uh, it was realistically, that is a winnable game. Uh, we're not in my mind, you know, just on paper, I'm not having to worry about turnovers. I'm not having to worry about playing on a short field at the beginning of the game. I'm not having to worry about a pick six at the beginning of the game. Uh, these are things that are not on my mind. And you have somebody who's able to control the ball right out of the gate. And I think it puts this team in a good position. So on offense and by playing that way on offense, it helps your defense out, it keeps them fresh. And I, again, uh, we don't even know if Alvin Kamara is going to play based on the whole contract situation he's got going on. It's another topic so, to talk about, too. It, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, mean to jump no, ahead no, ahead. I didn't mean to jump ahead of you, but there are so many factors right now with the New Orleans Saints that, uh, you know, again, this is still a winnable game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When I look at all the games, as a matter of fact, through the season, they're, they're all winnable games for the Bucs. Plus, take it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think you, when you look at week one, I mean, that's that's probably the, the week that is most suspect to um, just anything can happen. You know, um, certain teams have – I mean, every team in the NFL week one has a chance is what I'm saying. And um, as far as getting off to a fast start, I think this team is definitely in a good position to do so, um, you know, because – they got they got a lot of things going for them right now. Right now, they're they're fairly healthy. Um, not a lot of injuries right now, which is good. Um, but at the same time, you got a great quarterback in in your pocket right there in Tom Brady, um, and you have an offense that is capable of putting up a lot of points. Defensively, you have pretty much everyone back. You don't have any new starters, uh, to say the least. So really, you got a lot of key guys coming back in position where they know the schemes, they know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, they have a really good chance to start fast. But so do the Saints. You know, the Saints are also a very cohesive team. They have a lot of pieces in place as well. Um, it's in their stadium. There's going to be crowd noise piped in, so it's going to be loud. Uh, but it, but I feel confident that the Bucks can start fast and. 
You know, I think there might be a little rust to start off for both sides just because of COVID-19. But I think, you know, the Bucks do, they have, I mean, it's pretty much a push, I think, on both sides. I think they have a good opportunity to go in there and, and win the game for sure. So there's a lot of good comments here in the chat. Uh, Bud Cannibalist said, Patriot, oh, that's about the Patriots kicker thing. But then Rick H said, Saints are always weak the first two weeks of the year. Uh, Bud Cannabis then says, pick six, first play of the game because of Winston. Jordan Durr then says, Fitz Magic, slap those same Saints game one. We have a stronger team than this year and that team, so I have more confidence in this group than I did in that group winning that game. And Rick H said, I have us beating the Saints 31-17. So this brings up good points. So Fitz Magic, slap those same Saints team, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, we all, they expect us to be a down-the-field type of team with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They expect that. They don't expect Tom Brady, just like they didn't expect uh, Fitzmagic to go the way he did. No one expected him to do that. Tom, Do they expect Tom Brady to be dink and dunk Tom Brady, or do they expect Tom Brady to be, holy shit, this guy's canning it down the field? So you don't know. Again, that's our advantage. A whole other quarterback making decisions is our advantage. I know the Saints are a damn good team, and maybe it does play into this thing that they're weak the first couple weeks of the game or weeks of the season. And then there's no fan like advantage either. So I honestly think we do have a strong advantage because you don't they don't know what to expect, but we know what to expect from them. Breeze is gonna get the ball out fast, he's gonna throw a whole crap ton of screens, and if Kamara's not there, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> Plain and simple. If he's not there, that takes away a whole huge aspect of their game. And a huge playmaker, but I mean, please just <laughs> sit out the first few weeks. I know a lot of people are like, oh, if you're going to beat the best, beat the best, but hell. My, my thing is when you look at the uh, the run defense, if that run defense from last year shows up this year, they're they're going to have they're going to have problems. They are going to have problems, and um, that's the one thing that that I'm really excited about is uh, another thing is having Devin White 100% healthy. Uh, going into the season where we didn't see him at the beginning of the season last year. I think that there are players that are healthy now that were not healthy last year. And I think that's going to be a contributing factor to why the Bucks can beat the New Orleans Saints in this first game of the season. Yeah. And I'll add to this. I mean, if we want to get into X's and O's, I mean, you look at the Saints, they, they run a lot of man defense uh, and it's going to be interesting to see if they do that against the Tom Brady and make him challenge, you know, challenge him to go down the field because, um, or do they, you know, play the way they did against Jameis where they ran a lot of zone coverages um, to keep everything uh, in front of them and, and make Jameis take the check downs. Um, because if they do that, then, you know, Tom can beat them, you know, doing the dink and dunk and, and stuff. And then if he does that and he's successful, do they come up into the box? And then that way, you know, later in the game, you beat him down the field. So that's going to be interesting to see, but I agree with both of you. I think, I think we do have an advantage because they haven't seen Tom Brady with this offense. And, you know, they're used to seeing a quarterback that, you know, likes to force the ball and likes to force decisions. And now they're facing, you know, the ultimate decision maker. And I think that's going to make a big difference in week one. Um, and it's going to come down to really, I mean, who plays better, better defensively. Yeah. And it actually goes that Rick H said, Brady will start out with short slants, screens, and stuff like that. And he also said Breeze goes down four, at least four times. And that kind of goes into what 
uh, Bruce Arians said today of they just got to beat a man in front of them because their offensive line is good. Just literally our guys got to beat one of those one-on-ones to get them down. And then our yeah. defense, make them one-dimensional. Stop Kamara, stop whoever's back there. Make them pass it. But Gene, you want to take that? Yeah, um, to me, that that's one of the that's going to be one of the big things right there is uh, just being able to execute, execute on on the plays that are put out there in front of you. Um, that's why, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. You've got a, the core of the players have a year under their belt with the same defensive coordinator, and they're quality players. They're not just guys off the street where we're trying to fill in spaces. These are true quality players: Shaq Barrett and Dominican Sue. Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David. These are guys that understand. And they're the new guys that are coming in, um, they're getting brought up to speed pretty quickly because the majority of your team has a full season under their belt. And again, they've faced this defense last year. And so they know what what to expect. And I really believe that, you know, if they can go in and get pressure on, on Drew Brees, Drew Brees does not do good under pressure. He's like Matt Ryan. They do not do good under pressure getting knocked down and it throws them off of their game. We saw that with Minnesota so uh, against the Saints. So uh, I think that this team does have an opportunity to really make some some big moves. And if they can execute their plays like they did last year and stop the run, I think you, you make this team one-dimensional and it changes everything up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, you pretty much said it. If I couldn't say any better. <laughs> well, let's, let's go on. We actually... I got the 10 minute mark on the Zoom call, so we got to kind of run this pretty fast, guys. Hey, all right. All right, so let's see. Uh, Rob Dunlap on the Facebook group also says, "Are you guys able to attend practices? We can't. I know, we're not. We're not that media folk just yet. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. <right? laughs> I hope." Then he also added, "Do you think bringing suck up around for a workout was an attempt to motivate or attempt to find another option to kickers?" And then we answered that one other. So again, on the kicking aspect, what do you think? Yeah, I would say both. I mean, it's it's a motivational tactic, and it's also you know maybe see if you know something's better available. It's that door number two again. Yeah, Gene. Um, I'm right there with you. You guys couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better than you guys did. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, man. Uh, it's one of those things where if you can get light a fire under their behinds and get them doing what they need to do, that's gonna only help this team get better. I agree. And then one more in the Facebook group. He said, this is Jordan Durr, who's actually in the chat right now. He says, with a more accurately delivered ball, not having to break stride, gain yak, will Mike Evans be able to elevate his himself into a top three receivers in this in the league? He currently gets ranked in top five through ten slots in the top ten outside of the Bucks fan base. I believe his yak rate is why he gets ranked behind Thomas Jones, Hopkins, but would let would like to know what you guys think. Yeah, I'll take this one. I mean, he he's going to get more yak uh, regardless uh, because of said uh, accuracy, you know, and the way Tom delivers the football. I mean, he's going to get – he's going to be able to run in stride like uh, Jordan said, and he's going to be able to get more yards that way. And also, he's going to have a lot of plays where he's just running and it's going to be an automatic touchdown. Uh, because he's going to be open down the field. Tom Brady's going to lead him to that touchdown, and he's going to catch it, and it's going to be a touchdown automatically. So he's not going to be able to – he's not going to have to do a lot of run after the catch is what I'm saying because he's going to win those one-on-ones, and Tom Brady's just going to throw it to space, 
and it's going to be an easy catch for a touchdown. Plus, makes it sound so easy. Go. <laughs> no, he, he does. He, he's, he's smooth with right. it, right? Uh, you, you know, uh, there are words that I'm hearing in camp like accuracy, like decisive, uh, precision, play, words that you haven't heard for a long time in camp uh, just based on what Tom Brady's doing. I know that people are sick of hearing about Tom Brady, but what this guy has brought to this team, he's changed their attitudes, uh, and I'm hoping that translates onto the field. That's what I'll be looking for, but just where they are right now, I'm really excited about it. Uh, you're putting uh, Mike Evans in a, in a position to succeed, Chris Godwin, even your running backs like Ronald Jones, putting the ball where only he can get it, putting the ball where only Dare can get it, just O.J. Howard. There was a, a couple of plays that I saw from O.J. Howard where he got the ball right on his hands and he can do what he does. So um, I think a lot of these things factor into that, this, this new quarterback, uh, could really you know, make a huge difference. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's of the fact that he's saying, just run your route, get to the spot I'm telling you to get to, and the ball will be there. And it's and he's telling him where to expect it. It's not like, oh, holy crap, it's going to be behind me or it's going to be way over my head. I'm going to have to make a jump for it. I'm just telling you, if you get to the spot, it's going to be there. And that's, that's supreme confidence in himself and just – letting the job be easier for the wide receiver, tight end, running back, whoever it is. Uh, let's keep going. So actually there's a question Plus and I were talking about. I want to hear your input on this, and we'll talk about it more live here. I wanted to know, there was a dis- debate on Twitter about it, about inside the 20 and people's debate on analytics of it. We kick too many field goals. We shouldn't have to be relying on this field goal kicking. Oh, holy crap. We kicked too many of them. So plus is more analytical. I'm more of there's a time and a place kind of thing. What is your take on this? Yeah. Like I say inside the 10, yes. I mean, if you're inside the 10 or defense, pin him back that much, I think you should go for it on all, all downs, right? Outside of the the 10, maybe 20-yard line, I, I'm fairly on the way of kicking it. But what's your take on that? Um, I, I would be uh, inside the 10. I, I would go for it probably because I play Madden, but. Not gonna, don't hold that against me. Um, no, no. Realistically, I mean, if your defense is solid, I mean, you're playing. You're you've got a team pinned back. It's just like a punt. I mean, you're punting. You're punting the ball, and somebody's fielding the ball inside the ten. It's the same thing, I would think. I mean, if that's how you look at it. But I know certain people are looking at. Well, you're not. You're you're leaving points on the board on the field by not doing that. But again, if you have a a, a good play caller, I mean, you you've got a good quarterback. I think. You know, there's opportunities. And you know what? It could be situational. It, it, it might depend on what the score is. If it's, a, if it's a close game, you go ahead and take the points. I mean, if it's a game that's early on, yeah, go for it and see what you see what you come up with. Go ahead, Puss. I know you want to talk a lot about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my whole thing is, like, uh, it, it's, it's all about points. You know, it's, it's, getting, it's getting three points or losing a possibility of four points. So – that's my whole thing. Like if you're inside the 20 and it's, you know, you feel confident about your offense and the percentages play more to, you know, throwing the football and getting a first down, it, it, it tends to lean that way. And it, it's a smarter decision to go for it. And maybe you draw a flag, maybe you get a first down, maybe, you know, all sorts of things can happen um, where it ends up in your favor and you have an opportunity to get more points instead of just settling for three and you really take it to the other team and you go up a differential of four 
and you're plus four in that category, I think it's a better situation. But again, like Gene said, you could play it situationally yeah. where, you know, depending on the score, depending on the time of the game, I understand why uh, coaches go for the three. But if it was me looking at the numbers and looking how it's broken down and how the passing game, you know, tends to lean towards the offense, it favors the offense more. And when you have freaks like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and OJ Howard, and Brock, uh, I would go. F- I would go for it. You know, I would play. I would play for it because you have a great quarterback in Tom Brady, and, and it leans to, you know, more success that way instead of leaning on a kicker that maybe or may not make it. You know, I mean, yeah, and and I mean, when you look at the kicking situation right now, I'm leaning more towards my offense. I'm yeah. looking at Gronk, as you mentioned, Gronk. You've got Brady, OJ yeah. Howard. I mean, and you look at the back of the end zone as right. your playground, to be yeah. honest. I think somebody mentioned that here in the chat. And the and, same uh, same discussion could be for two-point conversions, you know. Yeah. There's a higher percentage of getting that two points instead of making a 35-yard field goal. You know, all that stuff plays into factors, you know. And that's, that's, that's why you NFL. Yeah, and that's why you see, like, Pittsburgh Steelers go for it, go for two points a lot because Mike Tomlin's a big believer of that. So, you know, it's it's just something you have to look at. I think if your offense, if your offense is built for it, I would go for it. I mean, that's just what I would do. I mean, I think with all the weapons that you have in under contract right now, you need to utilize them. I mean, there's uh, that's the only way I can really say it is you need to utilize these guys. If you're not using OJ Howard, you need to be using Cameron Brait. If you're not using Gronk, you need to use uh, Tanner Hudson. Whoever whoever you can get out there that's going to put you in a position to win, those are the guys that need to be out there. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to play this to like how both of y'all are saying. I mean, you got Brady, you got a freaking Madden football team like you created it. It's just too, it's too easy pretty much. So you might as well do it considering, yeah, if you're that unshaky with your kicker, go with a Hall of Fame quarterback and all these damn weapons he has. And like I was kind of saying there's in the group chat too is, or in the comments, the back of the end zone with Brady and then you have OJ Gronk Mike Evans, that much size to win jump balls, you're going to just pick which one's going to be one-on-one. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be more than a 50-50 shot. It's going to go in. It's going to be better than the kick, I guess, which is going to be 50-50. So, yeah, and you've got an accurate passer. Uh, yeah. He's precision. Uh, he's money. I mean, that's that. you want to go with the bi- the bigger percentage, wouldn't you? I would think. Yeah, and then Bud Cannibalist says the same thing. He says, Everyone's looking at the back of the end zone because we do this so much. Just run these big guys to the back of the end zone. And then he says, boom, he dumps it off for an easy running back touchdown. Because that's what's going to happen. Everyone's going to be thinking, holy crap, all these stars are going to get the ball. And then, oh, it's Keyshawn Vaughn, who no one has really heard of, catching an easy touchdown. <laughs> so it's just crazy when you, yeah, this Madden team we have, it's just the decision maker, the quarterback. That's the biggest <laughs> key right there. Can Brady make the, the right decision? Oh, Gene, I think you you muted, you muted yourself. <laughs> oh, he gone. Oh, is the meeting? <laughs> oh, maybe the maybe the meeting's ending out right now. Yep, the meeting's ending out. <laughs> all right. Well, other than that, guys, that's all we have for you today. That forty-minute Zoom call. Damn, because COVID's really coming to an end. Other than that, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll get back to an hour next time. Other than that, enjoy this lightning game, which is really much tied right now. Until the next one, guys.